Hi. Hi. Hello. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, good to see you too. Welcome back. Welcome. To Mindful Polly. I'm Nova. I'm Fox. And this time we're going to be talking about Aero Ace or Aromantic slash Asexuality. This is our gender and sexuality series. Yeah, and I think it's going to be important on this series as we talk about different genders and different sexualities to ideally bring in guests who have experience with it because we can only guess at what it might be like. Right, if that's not our experience, we won't speak to it. Right, which is why we're starting with Arrow Ace because I identify somewhere on the Arrow Ace spectrum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't you, you specifically say gray Arrow Ace. I do, I do, but I... It's all of these terms are only helpful if they're helpful, you know, so it's kind of tricky. Right. And uh, that might mean different things to different people. Yeah. And I'm still kind of dialing in that for myself. So let's start by defining these terms. Yeah. Um, my understanding of asexuality would be a lack of sexual attraction to others or at least low drive or low desire for sexual activity. Right. Yes. I think that's a pretty good base definition to start from for mm-hmm. this. Um, and, and it's differentiated from like people who abstain from sex. Because the others are like a conscious decision. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a common, like one misconception, we'll, we'll have lots of these, but one of the first ones sure. is just the idea that asexual people never have sex. Mm. True or false? False. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. Um, there are lots of reasons why people who identify as asexual w- might still have sex. Um, they do. Some still do experience sexual desire. Um, mm. Or, you know, there's lots of other reasons to have sex. It's ways. It's a way to feel close to a partner. It's a way to make a child, if that's something you're interested in doing. Um, there are... It, it's not... Saying that you're asexual doesn't immediately mean that you never engage in sex. Or that you think sex is gross. True. Right. Some do. Sure. Because all of these things exist on a, I was going to say spectrum, but I like continuum. Yes. Because there's no outer limits. Right, right. But from any, from pick any two points and like every space in between exists. <laughs> right, right. Which is true of, I think, all the gender and sexuality conversations we're going to have. Um, yeah. So, you know, one spectrum that we we uh, commonly talk about is the Kinsey scale. We talk about how, you know, you can be anywhere from like quote-unquote gay to straight and anywhere in between mm-hmm. and we're, we're you know people are it's a one two three four five six but i think the most important takeaway from that is not necessarily the scale or which number are you but just the idea that you can be somewhere in between mm-hmm. so then if we take that same sort of scale or or gradation and we apply it to your gender we apply it to your desire for sex to your desire for romantic connections or you know whatever then you can have all these dials where you're like, I'm kind of over here and I'm kind of over there and I'm kind of over here, but in this situation, I'm over there, you know? So the other thing I'll say about asexuality is I feel like it's kind of having its moment a little bit right now, Mm. you know, like um, more visibility. Yeah. I think, I think both um, trans and ace are kind of starting to be more widely adopted, uh, starting to be talked about more and more and more people are feeling more comfortable adopting those labels or um, identifying that way as an easy way to help others understand them. Which is wonderful. Yeah. Right? Okay. So the second part uh, of the Arrow Ace episode is Arrow, standing for aromantic. Yeah. Uh, Which, in my understanding, is 
challenging to define. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I like the way you... <laughs> yes, it is challenging. You're right. Because you're trying to give a definition to what, what is romance, what is romantic. Indeed, which is, uh, I think, kind of a personal thing. Even sex can be a lot of different things to different people, but romantic, mm. that word can be even more things. It's so nebulous. Yes. Like, and it's so highly individualized to the person. Like, yeah. they're understanding their definition of it. So... Um, people who identify as aromantic can be anything from someone who uh, really enjoys sex and maybe enjoys friendship connections, but doesn't really uh, connect with some of the things that we identify as romantic. So maybe like holding hands or, or, or writing love letters or... They don't hold the same importance. Yeah, it's kind of like they could maybe go through the motions of that, but not really feel that kind of the romantic-y feelings that other people associate with those kinds of activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other people on the other side of things where, you know, uh, if, if they're also asexual, so they might be aromantic. So they people might think, oh, that means like you never experience love or you don't care deeply about people. And that's also not true. Right. Um, an aromantic person can still experience love and still... Um, share those kinds of connections Grow it's just strong bonds yeah it's still it's just a different you know like mm-hmm. um they could feel really strongly and deeply love their friends but not really want to cuddle with them or not really want to hold hands or kiss or uh do romantic gestures or you know uh, any mm-hmm. of those things that are hallmarks of romance or they just wouldn't need those gestures in order to feel that kind of connection with somebody sure yeah that's the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, and that, that's another spectrum is all the way from like lack of desiring it to uh, a lack of um, expecting it. Yeah, yeah. It kind of it feels like what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like um, most people would be like, well, I'm doing these things for you because I want to show you that I love you or that I care or you're important to me. And they may have a completely different definition for what it takes for that feeling to come across. Yeah. Like, you don't actually need to do those things for me. (laughs) I didn't ask for them. Right. And that's where um, I think it can be really interesting um, for Aero and Ace people in relationships because they might define a relationship a particular way and the other person in that partnership or relationship may think differently or have a different label for what the two of them share. And that's okay because that's just, you know, I I personally have had people that I considered partners that would have probably just called me a friend as far as what word they would use. And I would consider Mm. them a partner because of how much I prioritize them in my life. So yeah, let's talk about the other versions of that. So alloromantic and allosexual would be someone who does experience those things. Right, Um, which would would be you, right? That would be me, yes. I identify as both, um, which just means that I do have those things. (laughs) I don't know if you could say very much more or less than your average person. Because it's not like a hyper focus on them, um, but they are part of my. Uh, that might be the other is like hypersexual, right? Or hyper romantic. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That might exist. I'm yeah. sure some people identify as that. Like, oh, I'm very, very, very much this. Yeah. Um, to an extreme. Absolutely. I would say my experience is more like uh, middle road. Yeah. One of the ways I would like to explore since since we're doing this topic with. A person that has experienced who identifies as this label is is kind of telling I think I don't know if this is the formula we'll use for all of our episodes, but kind of hearing a story of like mm-hmm. how did you arrive at this label? Yeah, I want to know and so, how you got to this <laughs> yes. space where how did you learn this about yourself? 
Okay, so I think for a lot of people, I would imagine this this is true for a lot of people with whatever their label is, that once they've found it and then they look back on their past, they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. Ah. So, I mean, I will tell you the story of my first ever boyfriend, <laughs> which was in seventh grade. So I've crushed on him and I don't remember who wrote who a note. One of us wrote a note to the other asking them out the they replied by note saying yes so we were technically dating and we avoided each other at every possible chance for the next week (laughs) until i think it was him that wrote me a note and was like we probably should break up and i was like yeah wow and that was my first (laughs) romantic (laughs) experience (laughs) what what uh so do you remember what it felt like why you felt like that feeling was called a crush um I now would describe what I probably felt was that I thought they were aesthetically pleasing. I thought okay. they were, you know, cute to look at and mm. they seemed like a nice person. Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, that must be what I'm feeling. And I think, then I think I had a good idea of that. Yeah. I hadn't. I, what Your I didn't understand is that for other people, those feelings also came with a desire for closeness and a desire to share certain activities that I didn't want to do. Wow. Okay. So I I feel like your friends maybe they were excited for you. That's <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, yeah. an exciting thing for a adolescent. Yes. But then if you had told them you're like, oh yeah, and he said yes, and they're like, well, what are you going to do? And you're like, I don't want to do anything. I, I hope I Would never they be see him again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. It's funny. And, I, and and then when when you broke up, you were like relieved. Oh yes. <laughs> very much very much and that's been true with other relationships as well so then when we fast forward to high school a very similar thing occurred I, I was crushing on a guy and um found out that he liked me too we started dating um that that time we actually did go and hang out in mm. person on things and i was like wow i hope he doesn't kiss me i really don't want to hold his hand i hope Whoa. that nothing physical occurs <laughs> you're on the but same it's so nice that he likes me it's so great that's yeah. so cool I like him and he likes me. This is so, that's, that's lovely. <laughs> and like, I think maybe I could be misremembering it, but I think maybe like he cheated on me with someone else and like, he felt really bad about it. And I was like, no, that's cool. Yeah. You should probably, yeah, you should go date her. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even mad about it. Of course not. I was relieved yet again because I was in the situation that I didn't actually want to be in. Um, but I, the funny thing for me in recounting them is just how much it's like, it, it screams at you. Once you've adopted oh. the label, it just screams at you. Yeah. So you know? later in life, you looked back at those times and went, ah. <laughs> of course. Of I course. see. Yes. So um, oh, we'll, it's coming together. <laughs> we'll fast forward again. And then now I'm in college and mm-hmm. um, I had sex for the first time and I uh, with a partner that I did actually want to. Uh, so it was the first time I felt I had a partner that I did want to kiss and I did want to hold hands with and I did want to have sex with and we did and it was great and i was I'm excited glad a, i'm so glad it was a positive experience so then i was like yeah let's get married <laughs> <laughs> which we did so no I actually felt... he was the one that wanted to but yes and also i just thought well this is this is what you do. i spent that many years and this is the first time i've ever wanted this so this must be my one it must be the one it's the one that's what people mean when they say the one yeah <laughs> or not your mileage may vary yeah yeah so i i don't want to get into too many details about each of these sure because there's a lot to tell but right um 
as that relationship ended, I started a new relationship with Elliot and we started out as non-monogamous right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a clear sense of what that would mean. But in popular culture, like most of my exposure to non-monogamy had been like swinging. Mm-hmm. And like, so I thought, okay, we're going to be non-monogamous. That means we're going to have a lot of fun, crazy sex with people. So I was kind of like going into it thinking like, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fun. I can, you know, I've, I've, I've very few sexual experiences in my life and it'll be, it'll be a blast. <laughs> so that, that didn't sound weird to you, like, or gross at all. You were uh, just like, oh no, I might like that. No, it's, I mean, a lot of other people were doing it and it seemed like they were having a lot of fun. Yeah. You're like, why not me? <laughs> That's, it seems great. I was like, all But right. you didn't have these thoughts about it. Like, this has been so rare for me so far. Like, I don't anticipate it being difficult to connect with. No, it was just not clicking for me still. I just wasn't putting those pieces together mm. yet. I thought maybe, um, and I've seen other ace people say this, you know, I thought, you know, I was raised religious. I thought maybe I had some really strong repression going on. Like, mm. of so I thought once I break free of all that, then I'm just going to be having a blast. Party, party. <laughs> all over. Cool. And that Did that happen? Not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I often got in a lot of situations where I was like, okay, oh, so we do this and we do this and we do this and then, and then it'll, you know, everything will fall into place and I'll feel the things I'm supposed to feel, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. this person's really cute and they want to hang out with me. So let's hang out. And then the expectation is that things go to the bedroom and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's what we do. And then I, and I would, I ended up be, honestly having sex with a lot of people that I didn't ultimately want to have sex with because I felt like I was mm-hmm. following the script and that at some point it would feel right. And it didn't feel right. It just mm. continued to not feel right each time. So you would regret it afterwards? Or like during? Would you regret have this realization is... during? Oh, for sure. Oh, wow. I mean, it wasn't... In... Yeah, like immediately, kind of once it starts, you're like, oh. <laughs> this was a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> and with newer partners, you know, you may or may not feel safe sharing something like that. Oh, um, right. Especially if you do still want to build a connection with them. You know, I never knew if maybe it would come in time. So I'd, I, mm. I, I would fear if I rejected them in that moment and that was the end of it, then it's like, oh, but maybe in time I would have eventually felt that desire. Or it would have sprung up out of somewhere. Wow. <laughs> I, like you were trying to give it enough time to, to where you really knew. Yeah, I thought maybe... It's like, I think this is definitely not going to happen. Ha- hadn't so clicked can... in place yet or I hadn't quite finished uh, dealing with my, I don't know, repressed... Um, but that, that happened commonly it was very frequent for the other person to feel more than i was feeling okay to want more than i could offer right that is a a repeated experience in my uh relationships of (laughs) like Mm. of all time that is almost always what occurs so um i remember you once telling me that it was like like that kind of made you a little wary like at a certain point you got to the point where when you were starting new relationships you were almost like is this going to be a thing i feel like new relationships kind of got scary right yeah and and because i've had some of those other negative experiences i kind of started giving up on the idea of like well but we could still be friends let's try friendship because so many people didn't handle that well yeah they wanted it to be more or they'd say, yeah, that's fine. And then they, you know, they'd give me those eyes and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm just going to disappoint you every time we spend time together. 
You're just oh, going to wow. want things that I can't give you. So it, it put pressure on you, this unrequitedness oh, that yeah. they were feeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Even if they didn't like verbally pressure you. No, I'm just I'm fairly empathetic and mm-hmm. I can sense you would pick up on it. what's in the air. Oh, my. Yeah. Man, that sounds like... <laughs> Like, so uh, at a certain point, though, I have to imagine that it becomes not just an obstacle you have to overcome or you just like keep looking for the one rare individual of, oh, I do have this with this person. So, like, let's give this a shot. Or or I think a, a lot of people before they find labels that work for them mm-hmm. feel broken. Right. So at a certain point, when did you realize that this was normal and it's just a way to understand yourself and you didn't feel like it was something you lacked or were broken about? I mean, I feel like that was a very recent Oh, um, wow. So you haven't even had a whole lot of experience not feeling broken about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I have a, I, I got really, um, I really struggled with seeing myself as a heartbreaker uh, because I felt- You're just leaving a path of destruction in your wake. That is what it felt like, yeah. Wow. Because I just couldn't reciprocate with so many, like- I, there were so many people that I met and I, and this is something that I thought was really, I've heard other ace people describe it and I find it really interesting, which is talking, I kept bringing up how aesthetically pleasing someone is mm-hmm. like, um, someone You're like, like, I do feel like they are attractive. Yes. Right. So it's, you might does assume, that mean I am attracted. You might assume that I know I never experience attraction, never think people are cute. I'm never drawn to people. And that's actually not true. I, I, I am. And I do find people like really like hot i'm like oh man that person but i uh, i heard someone describe it this way and they're like i find that person hot the same way i find like a really beautifully organized bookshelf hot that's like got the you know the color schemes all looking good or like ooh, you that say that's that, beautiful that painting is really ooh, wow that is beautiful like it's I, evocative i feel something you know i'm feeling something about it it's just i've learned now over time that that feeling does not mean that I also want to be physically close to them. Mm. Like those two have nothing to do with each other. And that was very weird and very hard because it was very clear to me that for other people, those things connect. Yes. Oh my gosh. For other people, those things connect in like an unspokenly assumed way that is just like, they can't imagine one without the other. I know. You find me hot. Therefore you want me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is the assumption. And it's like, I and do. I, I want to be close everybody. to that person. I'd love to keep looking at them. Sure. But I don't. It's like, you are hot. Want and them to touch me dot, necessarily. Dot, dot. End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think to bring this all back to a poly context, which is important, we, we're not necessarily here just to talk about what it's like to be ace or arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being ace and arrow in the poly world can be a blessing and a curse at the same time. Mm. Poly feels like a really good match for me as an arrow ace person because I, I, it gives me more freedom to express who I want to be in any given connection and not feel like I'm holding a partner back from finding, you know, if, if sex is something that's really important to them, then I'm not holding them back from finding that somewhere else Mm -hmm. if I'm not offering that. Right. So you felt like, Another instance where you felt relief about it. Yes. Now, the other side of it, the where it feels a little bit like a curse in Polly is that I am dating more people and finding more people and making more connections. And it's um, uh, most, I, I, I won't say most, a lot of people who are 
more aloe or maybe if, if we're going to say hyper any of these um do prioritize connections that are romantic or sexual or both right often over platonic connections you've had that happen to you before right so so i have to kind of accept that for a lot of the connections in my world <laughs> we might be mismatched in how much we prioritize that connection like mm-hmm. i might prioritize it very highly because um what we do share is is very special to me and i don't you know um i of course don't mind it not having <laughs> those pieces and i have to accept that for them missing the romantic connection or missing the sexual connection can be like kind of a deal breaker it's just it's not that they don't appreciate me or enjoy spending time with me it's just that um the lack of those things that the those things are really important to them and they want to prioritize and offer time to the people in their lives who are sharing those things with them Mm -hmm. which is their right to do it's just yeah it can be hard to watch right (laughs) they've they've decided that's a need for them and that's good yeah it's totally fine it's it's something that i have to work through and kind of come to terms with and Mm -hmm. it's part of me being my authentic self is is knowing that um that i might be mismatched in in the overlap i can offer with um a lot of people so arrow and aceness aren't your whole identity it's not your whole being for sure so how does this new adoption of those terms interact with the rest of the way that you understand yourself? <laughs> yeah, that that part has been really interesting to me because what I have discovered ultimately is for me, ace and arrow, that label being gray ace arrow overshadows any other label. Oh, wow. Because I mean, uh, I could be poly all I want, but I'm not because it's so rare for me to have uh, sexual and romantic desire for people, I am rarely sharing that kind of connection with more than one person. I can look, I can play mono on TV pretty easily through, through the course of my time being poly. You mm. could, I could, I could, you know, fake it. <laughs> um, you were functionally mono a lot of that time. Yes. And that's not because I'm not, I'm not fully embracing the poly label or I'm like, um, feel like I shouldn't feel that way. It's just that like, it's so rare for me to find people I want to share that with that I rarely find more than one at the same time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it, I've found that, and that also hugely, hugely, hugely overshadows my pansexuality because, mm. um, when it comes to non hetero, uh, connections, mm-hmm. you know, there's a smaller pool, you know, if you're, or if you're looking for, a non-hetero connection, there's a smaller pool of people who are interested in sharing that with you. Yeah. And so if we take what to me feels like a one in a million kind of pool of like people I'm attracted to, and then I have to go look, go fishing in this pool of people who would actually be interested in sharing that with me and find that one person that I actually um, would experience that kind of connection with. It's, it feels like it would never happen and it hasn't happened yet i've mostly had (laughs) hetero uh, relationships so right i love hearing your perspective and the way you describe these things because it's it's so different from mine yeah well that's that's part of what we're trying to do i think with this kind of series is um share different kinds of voices yeah yeah so as we wrap up the Arrow Ace episode. Uh, I think it would be fun if you want to know more or want to hear another person's experience about this. Um, check out the YouTuber Jaden Animations. 
they did a fantastic yeah. animated video and like kind of a it's almost kind of conversational journal entry about it where yeah. they described their experience. <laughs> um, the name of the video is called Being Not Straight. And you can find it on YouTube. Um, it's got like 18 million views I know. At this I felt point. very seen watching that. Oh really? Yes. Yeah, yes. that was a good one. Well, I guess that's our Arrow Ace show. Awesome. Yeah, a, lot we... of, a lot of personal details about me, but hopefully it um, gave you some ideas of what it might be like um, in my head, in right? my world, in, in, in this label. And hopefully other Ace Arrow people identify with at least parts of my story or... Or maybe not. Maybe they have completely different stories. And if you'd love to, if you'd like to send us a message about that, um, podcast at mindfulpoly.com. Be happy to hear other yes. stories. Please write in, share your experience. Yeah. I think that would be great. Uh, and we do intend to do uh, future episodes on other experiences as well. Absolutely. I'd love and, to hear more. Yep. Places. Other identifications and, and labels and stuff. So, yeah. Thanks for joining us. This is Mindful Polly. Uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Mm. I did some really fun vamping while you were gone. I believe it. I can see it. Yeah. I recorded a lot of stuff. You're going to have fun editing that. <laughs>